Podcasting from the JK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. I can't, I can't believe we're two weeks in to the red season and we're already playing the funeral march, the death march on the red season. They are two and eight after two weeks. Uh, it's not been good. It's so bad. In fact, I was telling Nick before the show that we're not even going to really talk about the team much on this episode, uh, which is, of course, named Phil Castellini, uh, because... Honestly, there's not a lot to talk about. We've got to entertain you because they're not doing it. We're, we're probably a better option. <laughs> oh, it, it's been painful. Very Dang. painful. I predicted 91 wins. You predicted 84, 85? I had 88, but I'm really retracting that now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to stick with 91. They're going to find a way to come back. I mean... Previous Reds teams have uh, struggled off the start of the uh, season and, and come back, but uh, right now uh, they're looking dead at the plate. Uh, the fielding is is there somewhat. Sometimes they look uh, like uh, Harlem Globetrotters without the talent. Right? I guess the Washington Generals. <laughs> yeah. uh, pitching is, is what it is. We've seen some great stuff from Hunter Green and then uh, the bullpen's shown glimpses of uh, a promise, but uh, beyond that, it, it's been a disastrous season so far. And uh, this episode, though, it, it's kind of going to go back to a point where, at least on the internet and social media, I, I sound so old when I say the internet. You actually, they actually going to say your, your email is AOL. My email is AOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. How did I know that? Hey, it's hacker proof because no one thinks you're going to use it. Nobody does use it except you. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into into the show uh phil castellini of course uh did the media rounds on opening day in cincinnati uh real opening day as i called it uh but uh he got some softball questions asked to him but they kept like it was almost like a bird uh you know that just keeps getting in your way while you're trying to mow and just gets on your last nerves if that makes any sense at all i, I cut grass today so yeah, that makes sense to me. But I, I think it just kind of got on his nerves because both uh, Scott Sloan from uh, 700 WLW and uh, I apologize. I, I just saw his name, uh, but the reporter uh, that asked him the question later on both said, like, hey, uh, we think it's ridiculous, the whole sell the team Bob thing. And and we think and the, the reporters like, I, I think you're misunderstood and. and and uh, Phil just kind of stuck his foot in his mouth. I, I was not offended by it. He should not be canceled from the Reds. Maybe not speak for a while until he opens up a new bar at the ballpark or something. Stick to that instead of uh, instead of talking about the team itself. But uh, anyway, he caused a lot of controversy 
And, uh, you know, the, the first thing he said was that the, the one thing he said that kind of got really twisted was that he was going to move the team. He did not say that. Uh, but the second thing he did say is, where are you going to go? And, I mean, there was a lot more into that, but uh, that's kind of something where I, th- I think he might be slightly out of touch, uh, which uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit. And the uh, Florence Yalls had an awesome T-shirt in response to that with uh, where y'all's going to go. Uh, and, you know, that that's an option to take your kids to baseball just because it's cheaper. It's still baseball. And, uh, you know, it, it's more fan friendly, uh, even though the Reds do, do a great job. And that, that's kind of the, the thing. Uh, I've been a season ticket holder since 2007. Uh, short the year after Bob bought the team the year before that I had, I think they call them the Reds power pack and it was like a 10 game package, I think, or maybe six games. I, I don't remember exactly. I think it was 10 games, but, uh, anyway, include a lot of the firework Friday nights and, uh, it was kind of a really cool package. Uh, I decided to upgrade, I think the next year to a 20 game package and uh, have been a season ticket holder ever since, sometimes up to a 40-game package. But uh, the Reds do some things really, really good uh, under the Bob Castellini group, starting with their uh, community involvement with the Reds Community Fund, building uh, baseball parks across the tri-state. That was not there under Linder. It certainly was not there under Marge, (laughs) uh, who basically gutted everything but the Major League uh, team. Uh, before baseball took it out of her hands and into John Allen's. But uh, they, they do an excellent job there. Uh, they have a outreach program for kids that are uh, facing terminal illnesses, uh, very similar to Make-A-Wish. Uh, they do an amazing job with that. Uh, the ballpark itself, eh, what, what do you think about Great American Ballpark as far as a, a ball game experience? Um, I, I like it. I, ever since I started going there when it opened, um, I, I had a blast. I've always had a blast going to the ballpark. It's definitely an upgrade from Riverfront. Riverfront had its, its problems. You know, I mean, even when it was half of Riverfront, when I cut the, the oh gosh, I, I hated that year <laughs> or, or was it two years? Yeah, That was, uh, I think, I believe it was two years, 2001, 2002. But I mean, Grand River Ballpark is definitely a good experience, especially if you you know you got kids. And there are some leaks. I did notice there's a lot of leakage around the the 100 area, uh, around the outfield area. There, there it's just I guess is the uh, just the pipes are leaking out there, and it's it's it looks it's, it's kind of a black eye for the for the place if you ask me. But you mean great? I mean, great. if you get that stuff fixed, you upgrade stuff, you're good. Oh, okay. So, uh, Great American Ballpark, like which section, or was it just from the rain and then stuff kind of falling down? No, uh, no. Well, it could have been. Uh, it was around the one hundred and six area by the foul pole. Oh, and, and, right, and, and left, left, field, left, left field. field. I've only sat in those seats one yeah. time, so I was trying to think because the Sun Moon deck. There's if you're if it's leaking there, uh, it's not the roof. No, but no, this, uh, was, this was coming from the pipes above us. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one, it almost, that's one thing with the great American ballpark. It almost looks like they ran out of money when they finished it. If you go to some of the club areas, you still see like the steel girders. It's kind of a cool look in some ways and in other ways, like in the champions club, uh, 
Like, okay, did they really mean to have a kind of an open ceiling look or did they just kind of run out of the county run out of money when they were building it? Because it all went to Paul Brown stadium. But, uh, that's like, that's like, like if you're building the bathrooms and you put the sink in and you don't put the faucet in, it's like, you know what, <laughs> just take in, screw the, screw the faucet. We don't need it. Yeah. But and uh, you, you have to stuff you need to do. Honestly, I've been to uh, great American ballpark. Uh, I want to call it sky dome, but it's Rogers center and, uh, also Arizona stadium. I don't know what it's called now. Is it, is it still chase field? I think so. Okay. I, I've been to all three of those. Two of them are domes. I, I like the, I like the dome concept. I've, uh, sat in Toronto under the dome, uh, being closed and in Arizona, it was open. Uh, but, um, but overall, experience at Great American Ballpark, uh, there's not really a bad seat in the house. I've sat in almost every section. I don't like heights, but even even up high, you can you can see almost every play. Uh, there's very few places where there's an obstructed view. Um, so I, it's a great place to see a ball game. Probably not. I think it ranks probably in the middle with some of the newer ballparks. Uh, Pittsburgh's ballpark supposedly is the best to watch a ballpark and they spent a ton of money in the off season. Pittsburgh did because I've seen on their social media. That's what they were uh, touting was the ballpark experience. But uh, you know, the Reds ballpark experience is great. The, the uh, staff is uh, usually very, very friendly, knowledgeable. And uh, you know, the, from the fan experience part of the game, uh, I give them an A. Uh, the what, how they treat season ticket holders, the ver- the various perks. Uh, I, there's a few things I'd like to see done that are uh, that other teams do, and this is all pre-pandemic. After post-pandemic, uh, it's hard to say uh, anything's really gotten back 100 percent to normal. But uh, you know, I, I give uh, the staff of the Red season ticket holders an A plus. Uh, they bend over backwards. They deal with uh, people. Uh, doing things and complaining, uh, just like every customer service job. And, uh, they probably go, f- uh, farther than they need to, uh, to try to keep their season ticket holders, uh, happy, but, uh, let's get into what Phil said. So the first thing was, uh, they were asking him, uh, about, you know, different teams and, uh, about the, uh, you know, sell the team Bob thing. And, and the first answer he gave uh, in the in the initial interview that sparked the whole thing, uh, very PC, you know, watch the young guys play. I'm like, okay. Then uh, they brought it up somewhat again, then moved on to a different question. And then he just, he, he wanted to go back to it. And um, I, I'm paraphrasing, which I hate to do because everybody paraphrased it. But basically he, he said, look, where, where are you going to go? Are you going to quit being a Reds fan? Um, and then went on to like, okay, okay you want to have the debate about selling the team? Who's going to buy it? If someone buys it and wants to compete in this, uh, the way the economic structure in baseball is, they're going to have to pick it up and move it. I think that's you know true. Tell, have, 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 have Tony Khan buy it. Uh, he'd move it to Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, but uh, no, but seriously, uh, it, it, the, with the way baseball structured, uh, there's very few places in the size of Cincinnati that are going to be able to compete as far as free agent spending goes. Uh, when you have teams like uh, the Mets, the Dodgers and Yankees, Phillies this year, 
the Braves as a publicly traded com- uh, company is a very unique because they have a uh, fiduciary duty uh, to be profitable. So that they can't really go out and spend a billion dollars on a payroll uh, because they do have to they do have to show a profit or, or try to be try to be profitable is the uh, the correct answer. So I mean, if they weren't profitable, they would start selling uh, selling off their team, which they did a few years ago. Uh, if you I can't remember if it's when we were talking in 2020 or if it was just uh, stuff we talked about online. Uh, but I, I know we had the discussion about, uh, you know, the Braves are publicly traded now, uh, no longer Ted Turner's baby. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're not, uh, they made a lot of money last year. So they put the money uh, back, some of the money back into the payroll, but still, of course, taking a profit. The Reds, they've always said uh, that, you know, they reinvest every dollar back into the club, be it the stadium experience the minor leagues, and then, of course, player payroll. And, uh, but yeah, so anyway, I don't think you can compete in the majors from a spending perspective um, if you're in a, in a medium market like Cincinnati. I hate calling it a small market, uh, 2 million people in the, uh, in the television area, 900,000 households, but, uh, it's still the second smallest market in, in baseball. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I know we look at this red Brown and go, well, there's something missing. Yeah. You traded them away. Right. That's what's missing. Right. Well, and, and you know, but, but to his point, uh, it kind of got twisted that, you know, he was threatening to sell the, to move the team. And I don't think that was what he was trying to do, but he didn't back down off of it. And it was on opening day. Granted, we would we were two and two, so the team looked good against Atlanta. And you know, opening day always is such a it's it's like a, you know Christmas, New Year's Day, all wrapped into one, where you know everybody's happy in a good mood, uh, regardless if the team is projected to be a seventy game winner, a hundred game winner. Everybody has that eternal hope and and. You know, you he kind of took that, at least for the uh, social media portion of it and, and the uh, traditional media. The story became about uh, his comments, which is not what you want on opening day in Cincinnati. Good, bad, or indifferent. So, you know, Phil did that, and then he went on later to say, where are you going to go? And I, I think that kind of shows... I think he kind of forgot, you know, 2020, we realized there's two things. One, we really wanted baseball back, regardless of how good or bad the team was going to be, is what we said at the time. But, you know, we found other things to do when there was no baseball. Yeah, I was watching curling on television. You know, there's there's lots of things to do other than spend two and a half, three hours, four hours watching a baseball game on TV or, or in the stadium. So I, I, I know he also used this term, be careful what you wish for. He might want to take his own advice on that because, um, what you going to do or where are you going to go? Not what you're going to do. That's Hulk Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan all of a sudden. Yeah. (laughs) But where are you going to go? I mean, there's tons of options. Uh, there is WWE when they come to town and I can spend my money there. Uh, there's, uh, free stuff to do with my time. I can go to the park. 
I can watch concerts. I can, concerts. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of stuff back, uh, and I, it was very poor wording. He eventually did come back and, and apologize, but I, I think the damage was done. Now the question becomes: Did that affect the play of the team? Because it seemed after that the players almost had their head hung down a little bit. Not opening day per se, but um, that I think opening day was just some very bad pitching choices by David Bell or Nick Crawl or whoever's making the, the decisions there because um, there was no reason to put uh, Hunter Strickland and uh, the rookie towards the end of the game in that game. I believe ownership doesn't care. Management doesn't care. The players don't, don't care. That's how they're, that, they, they play off the ownership and play off the fans. And if the fans don't get interested because of the ownership and what stupid comments they made, the players are just going to, they're going to feed off of that and they're not yeah. going to play well. I would disagree. I, I do think the owners care. I think that's kind of part of the problem looking back at the uh, Castellini era is that the direction has been twofold. Uh, the original plan for Phil, Bob Castellini was this, and that, and that's why he fired uh, was it Wayne Krisky first or Dan? O he brought it. Was it Dan O'Brien? I think was here uh, the, when he bought the team, and then he quickly fired him. Is uh, Castellini wanted to win now, and, and not Bill. He basically he wanted, to, and this is what he said in interviews prior to 2016, was the only. And, and I agree with him, and I think you agree with this. Is the way you build your your fan base is by creating consistent winners year after year so you can then reinvest your money back into payrolling and continue on uh, from there. Basically have a have a pipeline, but also spend kind of basically the St. Louis Cardinals model. Wow, gotcha. Then they saw what Houston did, what uh, Chicago did or was going to do, going to do. Uh, in 2014, 2015, uh, Dick Williams was, I think, lobbying for that type of, uh, of a, uh, model, uh, where you basically rebuild, rebuild and rebuild and, and don't worry about the pain at the gate. And, uh, I, I think, uh, some of the profit sharing, if you take a look from the player's perspective, kind of makes that a more feasible, uh, goal if you're transitioning from that, from Bob's original plan of, you know, bringing up the players through the system, I don't think he was ever going to be a huge free agent spender, but uh, extend guys like Homer Bailey, uh, Joey Votto, uh, one worked out, one didn't. Uh, other guys like Todd Frazier, I think he wanted to extend at one point. Uh, he wanted to extend uh, Johnny Cueto and Mike Leake. Uh, from the, those championship teams uh, or divisional championship teams, 2010, 2012, uh, of course, wild card in 2013. Uh, so he blamed Dusty when that happened. Uh, and then we had the disaster of Brian Price. So they decided, well, let's go this way. And, and from everything that was said, Bob went kicking and screaming. That's why they were accused of, uh, you know, not, uh, not trading players quickly enough. Fast forward to 2019. Uh, he starts spending money again. 
the fans thought the windows were open. That's how the media portrayed it. Uh, 2020 or 2019 off season, uh, the Reds made some huge splashes in free agency, uh, signing, you know, Nick Castellanos, Shogo Akiyama, um, Mike Moustakis, just to name a few. Obviously that didn't work out. COVID hit and they lost $40 million in 2020. That, that number came from Phil in uh, the interviews on opening day. So I, I think that's an accurate number. Uh, last year, according to Forbes, they only made four hundred thousand uh, dollars net before taxes and interest. So, uh, not really, in, in the in the end, another losing year financially. And so, you know, they did what they did. They cut payroll, but it looked like it was going to be a, a fun team to watch, even if they lost eighty games or ninety games or even. I don't think they were ever going to lose a hundred. I still don't think they're going to lose a hundred. Joey Votto's not going to hit one under 200 all year. But after the comments, the teams played like crap. Bottom line. They just got swept by the Dodgers for the first time since 1975. Hey, but you know what happened? You know what happened in 1975? No. No. Those two teams together, there's no comparison. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, who knows? The, the Reds could come back. Uh, they faced a lot of injuries so far. Nick Senzel uh, has COVID symptoms, but not COVID yet. Uh, so he's on the COVID list. Jonathan India is not on the injured list yet, but he's not been playing. Nope. He's um, missed. You have uh, key acquisitions in the offseason of uh, Solano uh he's been missed because he's not been able to uh to fill in in the infield uh at places where it definitely guys either need days off or benched <laughs> uh you have Max Schrock kind of the same thing uh with the outfield because Aquino is striking out as much as I, I I think he could I think I could probably strike out less than Aquino I could strike him out and I'm 46. Well, I, I mean, as a hitter, I, I would I would bat zero, but I think I would have fewer strikeouts than him. I could throw a softball to him and he'd still miss it. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, but yeah, like, I, what Phil was said was stupid. The only way to cure it, it doesn't matter what he says, the only way for it to cure is for the team to start winning, and, and that hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it does as we get into uh, – into the next two weeks, uh, the Reds have a pretty tough schedule still out west for uh, games against the Padres. They got three against the Padres, um, and then uh, a day off. Thankfully, <laughs> there's no, there is no team that needs a day off more than the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, no doubt they need to they need to recharge. Uh, then St. Louis comes to town. Followed by San Diego. I guess the good news is, uh, is we get San Diego early this year. Yeah, I mean San Diego is not really tearing it up. So I mean, at least we get a shot against against them because they're beat up too. So are we? Yeah, and then we go out west to Colorado, then Milwaukee, and then finally May we get a shot. Uh, we have eight games against the uh, Pirates in May. Four games against the Cubs, 
Uh, Toronto comes to town, which looks pretty good. We go, or no, so we go to Toronto, uh, which that that could be interesting because they have that rule: if you haven't been vaccinated, you can't play. They're gonna whoop our butts. <laughs> I don't know who's vaccinated and not on the Reds. Uh, Cleveland, uh, two games in Cleveland. Uh, Reds, hopefully, the Reds play better at the Jake for whatever reason. Not a lot better, but they play better at the Jake for whatever reason than they do at Great Great American Ballpark against the Indians or Guardians. I know I do the same thing, man. I keep calling <laughs> the Indians. So you know the Reds have a tough schedule, but that's baseball. Um, you got to play who you play, and uh, Reds don't face the Dodgers again till uh, June twenty second here at uh, Great American Ballpark for a three game series, but. Hopefully, you know, I, I hate negativity. The fans are negative right now. Ownership came out negative. Uh, the players are playing negative. Uh, uh, there's really been nothing. Po- John Sadak's always positive. Jim Day's always positive. Uh, so it, it's kind of been hard to find anything positive uh, this year with this Reds team. But now it's time for Tales from the Twitter Sphere on the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. So we were talking, I, I think, the last game about uh, or, or in a personal message about Joey Votto. The ESPN game said he had a Twitter. It turned out he did not have a Twitter at that time, but now Joey Votto has joined Twitter. Awesome. It, it's scary because Twitter is a cesspool. It's kind of uncensored, too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, Joey, there was a very scary incident in the game Friday night uh on the Apple Plus broadcast where Joey Votto got nailed in the head uh, by a pitch from Tyler Anderson. Words were exchanged, and Votto tweets this the next day. He was like, what's your name? And I was like, what? He was like, what's your name? I was like, Tony. So I says, what's your name? He goes, Ezekiel. Then something about a fire. I don't remember. I got hit in the head. And then this this tweet uh, 15 hours ago uh, yesterday, blue sky, dirt, and grass, the hum, a crack, and a cheer, leave with ball or smile, haiku poetry day, hashtag haiku. So he wrote a haiku on Twitter. I love Joey Votto. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had some serious tweets like uh, "Someone please still home today" uh, for Jackie Robinson Day. Um, oh, and and this one before opening day, we'll we'll close the show with this. Cincinnati is the third largest city in Ohio by population. However, it's the coolest city in Ohio per my mom. Happy opening right. day! And That's uh, right. and Joey's mom was at the game, which was awesome. Uh, there's a picture of her. Taking a picture of him hitting. It was the first game, I think she's or first opening day she's ever attended uh with uh with Joey. So that that that's awesome. We need more stories about that. Less thing I don't care if Phil Castellini's opening a new bar. He doesn't need to talk the rest of the season. Not that he's canceled, he just doesn't need to be out there. Uh let let uh let uh some of the other members of the Reds uh do that. And um you know the the Reds. Maybe he just maybe him just not leave his office. Just stay in your office, Phil. <laughs> but uh, no, I I'm still hopeful for this Reds team. I hope they get better soon. 
um, health-wise and, and play-wise. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very long summer. Uh, the Reds aren't selling. Uh, they're not going to move. It's not impossible that they would move, but the lease is pretty stringent uh, until 2037. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's uh, leases can be adjusted and, and broken, especially if there is a sale. But uh, Phil said the team's not for sale. So the team's going nowhere. Hopefully they're going somewhere in the playoffs, but right now our 91 wins looks more like 191 losses, even though they only play 100. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make the playoffs with the Castellino and the team. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. It happened uh, two years ago. So <laughs> keep the Dude, faith. How far did they get? Keep the faith. They they got shut out in two games in that postseason. Yeah. But keep the faith, and that's all the players that and the players on the team are everybody that they want that fans wanted to keep. So there, there's there's logic circles all around for this to go. But I, I think this team's going to be okay. Uh, either that, or they're going to have a, a, t- a big fire sale come uh, July, August second. Is that the trade deadline this year? Yeah, now it's August second. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, August second, because you know the Reds that's won't. The latest. Well, you know the Reds aren't going to make a move either way until August 1st or August 2nd. Mm-hmm. They, they, they could be 100 games out on uh, – or 60 games out on July 1st, and they're still not going to make any trades. Or they could be 10 games up on July 1st. And either way, they're not going to make any trades until the two or three days before the deadline. They, they didn't do it when they were contending. They didn't do it when they were selling. Uh, so – uh, the team you see is a team you got at least until August. Hey, I, all I can say is Justin Upton is still available. He can't be worse than Aquino. You're probably better than Aquino. He's been around a while. Yeah. <laughs> until next time, go Reds, and hopefully you have a much happier show. Go Reds.